0: Thank you. Yo, 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 what up? Alright, alright guys. Today is, um... I think June 21, 2019. I'm not even sure. About 5.30 in the afternoon. It's Friday. We're out here, man. And, uh... I didn't really have a subject to want to talk about today. Um... Actually, I did. I did have... I was game planning a couple of ideas, um... In advance... And then as the day goes on, you know, I lose track of shit. I actually lose track of a fucking lot of things up in my head. And I spit them out elsewhere. Or I think about them when I'm not thinking about it. Um, but, anyways, I wanted to talk about a little bit about first and foremost the Lakers. We got Anthony Davis. I mean, I, it's not completed yet, the trade is done but it's not finalized but it's pretty much done so and we traded out Lonzo Ball thank God we traded out Brandon Ingram rest in peace and Josh Hart the one that stings out of the trade but it stings out of the trade both ways is pretty much Brandon Ingram I actually had high hopes that Brandon Ingram was going to be the next Kevin Durant um, the same build, the same athletic abilities, just a little way unpolished. Um, and that's okay. He needs time to build. But I mean, you know, that one stings a little bit. I said, you know, the Lakers could have used the next Brandon, uh, Kevin Durant. And I don't even think he's the next Kevin Durant, but he, he's the first Brandon Ingram. But you know what? We got Anthony Davis. As far as Lonzo Ball goes, you know. Yeah, Alonzo ball is a solid player. I think he's a triple-double a walking triple-double But to me the problem with Alonzo ball is number one his dad and not that his dad is um, That much of a distraction as far as I mean his dad's just hyping up his kid That's what his dad does. That's what any dad would do but he has no chill and First and foremost, if you're playing for the Lakers, the brand is the Lakers. We don't got time for the big baller brand. We don't got time for you being your own hero, you know, doing things your own way. LeBron has that flexibility a little bit, but he kind of doesn't. And and he kind of does because he's a championship. He's treated different. Lonzo hasn't done anything. So he doesn't get to have his own brand kobe was the black mamba during his reign at the end and that's just a given that's because he was a laker through and through you know you got to earn a little bit of stripes before you can just start branding yourself and being bigger than the team that's something that i think uh like james harden uh carmelo anthony some other players don't don't get in a sense. You first you gotta win the championships. When you win the championships then you can be your own brand and you can be, you know, the team brand, whatever. But you know, Lonzo hadn't even reached that plateau yet. He just came in like oh I'm the big baller brand. Ball, you know. His dad was talking. I mean it's just it just doesn't gel. You just don't you just don't earn the title. And I mean He's a good player, but I don't really see... I'm like, you know what? Let Le- Lamar Ball go over and start talking and yapping about the coaches in New Orleans and the, the owners and the managers over there. Let him go and do that over there. You don't need that doing it over here. Uh, especially when the Lakers are, you know... They got inner turmoil. You don't need people shedding light. You don't need people... Gossiping, Adding to the gossip. The players play. The coaches coach. The owners do their owner things. You don't need somebody trying to be all three. That's why every team has an owner. Or not every team. But the successful teams have owners. Uh, coaches. General managers. And so on and so forth. There's levels to this. Um, but yeah. And Josh Hart... You know who is Josh Hart? We gave up the number four pick, I believe. Uh, but we got Anthony Davis. We got Anthony Davis. Now we've got two superstars. Um, we're gunning for a third. If we don't get a third, which everybody's kind of clowning on the Lakers, like, oh, we only got one room for one more player, and in and in, in the janitor and the and the security guard at the Lakers temple like okay well we might not get a third guy we might not right but we can get four good guys who if we get four good guys and which was the case last year you know lebron was injured if we get four mediocre guys they're gonna turn into guys which are gonna turn into playoff heroes with heroics down the stretch that's just what it is um that's the LeBron effect that's the Anthony Davis effect that's you can't really guard LeBron without a double you can't guard Anthony Davis without a double people are going to be wide open. there's going to be mismatches left and right you see I was hyped when LeBron came to the Lakers because the winning pedigree is there uh, I wasn't much of a LeBron fan when he was in Cleveland and then took off to Miami because I thought that was I'm just like everybody else thought that was kind of the easy way to go and get a chip. But. You know. Then he went to Cleveland. And he got himself a ring. Which I thought at that point in time. Uh, it wasn't easy. He played the Warriors. It was not easy. He came back from a 3-1. A 1-3 deficit to win it 4-3. It was not easy. You know. He, that chip in Cleveland. His rightful chip. The one ring that he got in Cleveland. Uh, he went in there because he knew he could... He had full belief in himself at that point. Everybody else believed in him. You know, J.R. Smith, you know, and company. Kevin Love, in company. Um, they believed in him. He believed that he can win it. And they, they had to prove that they could do it. And he came back from a 1-3 deficit... Uh, to win it all i mean that's pretty impressive so just like when he came to the lakers i felt like the lakers could believe in him I, th- I felt like everything was believable i felt like everything was there but i did wasn't accounting for injuries and as the injuries went on and as the season progressed the end of the year people were playing very well which is how this trade was even possible because lonzo's numbers rounded out well Kuzma, Ingram's, and the rest of the company's numbers rounded out well. So, just what it is. And I think if we even get, if we get one more superstar on the team, we're going to get some vets, some vets with their minimum contracts to come in and play for one-year contract, because they know they're going to, they have a really good chance of winning some shit. Um, that's just what it is. The Lakers are in very good shape going forward. After all the turmoil of Magic Johnson stepping down and all of that stuff. And the Lakers still, still with all, and I actually think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors that the Lakers are pulling. Um, As a matter of fact, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors that the Lakers are pulling to get this done. If you look around the league, the Celtics are in bad shape. Nobody knows what's going to happen with uh, Kyrie Irving. Gordon Hayward is not the answer. You know, he's coming off a leg injury. It's going to take him some years to get his full strength back. People are leaving. Uh, Al Horford's leaving, I think. or he's, He wants like 100000000 Uh million. They're in bad shape. And they didn't get Kawhi when they had the chance. You know, Toronto won, as you might as may know now. Toronto won, and it's just... You know, the East is now caught up with the Celtics, and the Celtics are just ready to fall back down. Just what it is. But either way, either way, Golden State is now injured. Kevin Durant has an Achilles injury, and Klay Thompson's, you know, leg injury is a... his knee sprain is going to keep him out for some time that means Steph curry is going to have to do a lot of winning by himself and not even by himself him draymond and iggy iguodala are going to have to uh they're going to have to do a lot of work and they're going to lose some games so the west is not as you know it doesn't just straight run through Golden State currently as is, nor does it run through Houston currently as is. Houston is in a lot of, you know, a lot of bad shape too. Rumor is Chris Paul wants out, and he could might as well be. He might be on the Lakers. Who knows? You don't know how these things work. Things work a certain way, and then they don't work. You know, I remember when the Lakers were geared you know, 10 years ago, they were geared to beat the Celtics. There was holding down defense and don't let them score more than 80. Light it up offense when they needed it. Grind it out, you know, slow deep into the clock possessions and score, milking the clock off the other, you know, the, the clock off, you know, the other team's chances, you know. Not a lot of teams like to play. A lot of teams like to get the ball up, you know, work a few, pass it a few times and get an open look and and run it. That's not how the Lakers are playing those days. They're playing a very nitty gritty old school type of game. Slow it down, you know, get your offense in motion like 12 seconds in. Initiate the offense about that time, about half the clock. You know, and then score. And if you don't score, you get back on defense. You get, the, you grab the, you know, the rebounds, or the offensive rebounds, and you set your offense again. And you play defense. You know, everybody up on the defense, challenging every shot. Not a lot of teams do that. Um, but that's how the Lakers were geared, and they, they nearly, they got to the finals and lost. To the Celtics Then they go the next year And they beat They actually crush The Magic You know 4-1 Then they go the next year For the third time in a row And they beat Celtics in 7 You know Just what it is You know there's The Lakers were, be, were Geared to beat the Celtics And the year after that They play The Dallas Mavericks And they were not geared to beat Dirk Nowitzki they were just not geared for that they didn't have a big man the big man who could run out to the three point line Paul Gasol and defend that they just didn't have that in those days nobody could stop Dirk uh as a matter of fact not a lot of people right now can stop Dirk he's older now it's amazing that Dallas only got one ship out of him but it's what it is uh Dirk was unguardable for the stretch there because he was shooting threes, pulling up and shooting the three at will, he, getting down in the post, low post, hitting that shot. He had a mid-range. He had a step-back fade that was going in, like, left and right. Nobody could guard that. Nobody could guard him, and that opened up Tyson Chandler. That opened up a lot of other players on that team. Uh, the Terry, I don't know, what is his name? The Jet, I can't think of his name. Uh, that opened up a lot of players for that Mavericks team to beat everybody. Because Dirk was just doing numbers. He was just putting in work. Um, the Lakers, they made it... Well, they got swept that year. But they made it interesting. I mean, that was their... That was the end of that run. And then the Lakers had a start-off from scratch. They have not been to the finals since that year. Since the year they beat the Celtics with Kobe. And it's just, you know teams are geared to beat certain teams and this year was the case in point the Warriors were geared to beat LeBron Iguodala was I believe solely acquired on the Warriors to guard LeBron and he wasn't in the finals and nobody could guard Kawhi Leonard nobody could guard Van, Van Fleet you know it's just what it is. You know, a lot of people don't understand. Like, some teams are geared to beat certain teams and or a couple of teams, but they're not geared to beat everybody. And now that the NBA, I believe, is going to catch up to the worst. So, the, the title doesn't run through them. So, the West is very highly competitive, but AD to the Lakers changes the landscape big, big, huge. Uh, He's young. I think he's 26 or 27. They, a lot of people are saying the Lakers gave up their core to get him. So be it. He's now polished. He's done uh, not sniffing the playoffs in New Orleans or not winning anything. And uh, now he's with LeBron, share the load. You know he's not the whole load bearer over there. And you get him another solid player or two, and the Lakers will be in very, very good shape, if not really good shape. Because I believe that team can be Toronto. Um, Siakam and uh Ibaka don't got nothing for AD, those are their bigs over there. Um, and even so, you know, LeBron, you know, even if you cancel him out with, with Kawhi, I mean, who do you really want on your team deep in the playoffs? Do you want, I mean, you want you. Preferably, you know, it's apples to oranges, but LeBron's been to the chip more times than Kawhi. And he's had more playoffs. So you want a little bit more experience. That's the, That's what it comes down to. LeBron's got more experience and he's got the build to run through a lot of people. Um, But yeah, the Lakers are looking really good. I wanted to touch on the Lakers. Uh, I want to touch on some other things, but I'm going to take a small break and I'll be right back. Hold up. Yo, okay, so um, short break, which was really like a two-hour break. I uh, came back, had something to eat. Went about my life. Anyways, back to the Lakers. Yeah. Hell yeah, they got a good, a good motherfucking chance, man, of doing this thing next year. At least making a solid, I believe now the playoffs are within reach, and not only that, but a deep run. Whether it results in a championship or not, that's yet, yet to be seen. But definitely the playoffs are inside. I can already smell the playoffs now. Um not really I'm not a better. I don't bet stuff. Um But that's it that's it's exciting now to be a Lakers fan. Because I think now we're gonna be back in the hunt for this playoff run. Uh but moving on from the Lakers, the Dodgers are like, 50-plus wins. The only team in MLB to do so. And that's good, but it's also bad. We're coming off of two back-to-back World Series losses. We've got a hot start now. I think we're going to flatline and lose team end year, as which is the case. Because nobody plays to have the best regular season record. It doesn't matter. Um, you know... Just doesn't matter in sports to have the number one, the best overall record. What matters is at the end of the year, if you won the last game that you won, and that's it, that's all. You want to be the last team to win the last game of the season. That's the goal, not to win a bunch of season games in the midseason. Obviously, you need to win those games, but uh, yeah, like the Dodgers doing real well. Um, Max Muncy, Cody, Jock, you know, the pitching. Hunjin Ryu is on a tear right now. Um, but I I think a, par- a big part of it is the Giants and San Diego and other teams just suck in the division. I don't know how we're doing outside of the division, but we still win games, so it's so whatever. The Dodgers are doing Dodger things right now. Um, I hope they keep that energy up. I hope they bring a championship. I'd like to... I've been really down because I know what happens to teams when they lose back-to-back like that. And just, you know, in any franchise, it's deflating. You know, a lot of teams don't make it to the chip even twice, and then let alone to lose twice. Look at the Texas Rangers. Uh, You know... I can't think of any other franchise that has back to back championships and has even been good since. Um, teams lose championships and then they just fade out, let alone lose two in a row. Um, there is nothing I can draw off of at this point in time, other than the Texas Rangers did it. And yeah. Um, but moving on from that that's that I mean the Dodger season is is just it's we haven't even met hit halfway point of this thing uh they still got a ton of more games to go you know all stars I don't even know when their all star break is coming up but it should be coming up soon and you know we'll see come playoff time I'll probably do another Dodger season review later when I get when they get a little bit closer to the playoffs and it's a little bit more established cuz at that point we can dissect who they're playing against as i said last year hopefully they didn't play boston or actually i actually thought they had a chance against boston um initially even before way before the playoffs started but boston was just too hot too much firepower uh and just the dodgers were just the, that their problem of them losing the world series last year goes back to them losing the initial one to Houston in 7. Had they won that one the series last year would have been much much better. Um but I think we were just deflated and just defeated waltzing into that that world series. Maybe this year is different. Maybe we get Mad Bum, who knows. The ru- rumor mill is Mad Bum's done in San Francisco He wants traded out. I don't know if he wants straight up, but he's done there, and he's going somewhere else. Dodgers throw some money at him, bring him on board, help him, have him help Kershaw. I mean, we need another arm in there. Get her done. Um, if you're gonna go all out and go balls in and go balls to the walls, now's the time to to do it. You know, I don't care about the rivalry between San Francisco and. Dodgers as they make it seem, it's not really there. The real rivalry is between the Dodgers and the Angels, and we need to, uh, bash them over the head, as it were, with the World Series, uh, parade, and that's how we should do it. I can't stand the Angels' hands yapping their mouths all the time. Moving on from that, the Raiders. Uh. I didn't do a draft day thing, and I honestly don't really care too much about. I mean, yeah, everybody was saying that the Raiders, you know, made, you know, crucial mistakes during the draft. And I don't necessarily agree, but I don't necessarily disagree. Um, We went defensive and we got a running back, you know. I don't really know if we had the top four pick, if you pick a defensive player, um, especially one you can get a little bit later. And I believe that guy is going to do well because of all the slander that's going on around him now. But if it was me, you probably get a once in a lifetime character or talent and you know, I think you gotta go. You know, you gotta go. You gotta go with the bigger, the bigger uh names out there. Wide receivers. You know a tight end. You know somebody. You know maybe, I don't know, a star corner. You know, something along those lines. Something where that guy's a cornerstone. I don't really know. And we had Khalil Mac. And Khalil Mack was a cornerstone. But, you know, what? I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, that, to me, is old news. Khalil Mack obviously didn't want to be in Oakland or Las Vegas. And, you know, it didn't work. Whatever. He wanted out. Now he's happy. He's in Chai. You know, whatever. But nonetheless, uh, I'm okay with them drafting, you know, a running back. Which, is oddly enough, doesn't happen in the first round much anymore, I guess. Because it's not seen as something you can do or something you need right away. Running backs have kind of lost their mojo in the NFL. Um, And then, you know, we went... Defense again, you know. I mean, it's all right. I'm okay with it. I don't even know who we drafted, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not like, I do like the Raiders and I do care about the team and I do go see them play every year and I do, you know, follow along. But there is just a lot of people that overanalyze it. And you got to pull yourself back from sports. You don't play the sports, you don't, you know, you're not on the fucking team. You're not involved in the order. you're a fan. As a fan, um, you know I pull back a lot of things and I just watch. You know, maybe all this stuff works. As a fan, as a fan, first and foremost of the Raiders. You know, them moving to Vegas makes so much sense. Just as a fan, just I'm a casual. A little bit better than a casual fan. I'm like a mid-ranged... No, no, I'm... I'm like... Underneath Die Hard and... Underneath the, the loyal, loyal fan. I'm under there. I'm under probably... I'm definitely under the super fan. I'm probably under... Um, you know... I'm under that. I'm probably... Just under those fans. Maybe even, the, but more than a casual fan. A casual fan, I feel like they like the teams. Like, oh, I'm a Dodger fan, but they never go to any of their games. They watch them once in a while on TV, and they don't really know who's on the team. They just watch the games. That's a casual fan. And then you got your fans that don't really know what's going on. They just know that, hey, I like the Lakers. Yeah, they got LeBron. Uh, what's the record you know that kind of a fan and they watch the games here and there but sports is not a big part of their life and then you just have your no, your wishy-washy fans are like oh yeah like uh, you know your bandwagon fans they're like the lower on the lower end and then you've got the people that don't like sports that just root for teams just because they're sick of hearing about other teams which a lot of people actually attend attest to that formality like myself i root for anybody who i don't really like and i bandwagon hard if i see things going south in the way i don't want them but anyways i'm somewhere below those but higher than a casual fan and and as a just a fan just as a fan that i like my team they're my team like made it you know decisions a long time ago to be a Raider fan and stick with it when they were sucked. Um you know. You gotta pull back. Just it's at the end of the day, this thing called life is not supposed to be that serious. And I get you want your players, it's it's serious business for them, it's their livelihoods, it's you know they get paid to do this and this that and the other thing you know and they they that's their livelihood that's their career. yes, for them it should be serious like seventy five percent but if you're not having fun doing it if you're not having fun doing your career, you know you're not having fun your your production is gonna go down, so it's gotta be a fine line between okay, we can have fun and kick it and chill. And let's get serious, let's get to business, but make it fun, you know? Look at all the top successful companies like Google and, and Apple and see how they run. They're not robotic clockworks, even though football wants to be that way. It's really not, you know, basketball. So I feel like basketball as a whole sport is on the cusp of passing football in a sense because the players are just having a lot more fun and the matchups in the storylines are just, it's just there. You know, it's just, it's there. Something is missing out of the football aspect that the baseball has that also baseball doesn't have. Basketball has something that no other sport has, Uh, the connection between the players, the connection between the teams um and the way the way it's set up it's just something about it is a little bit better it's it's a little bit of ways from football, but it's better than it's like the number it's in the number two spot right now as far as overall sports, I believe, but anyways, Raiders you know you gotta pull back from the Raiders, you know and just watch just fucking watch you know if they win fucking four games. Well, damn! Get them next year if they win fucking fourteen games. Well, damn! We did something right, you know. I still go back to Del Rio when he got us up and over that. We're not winning, having a winning season no more. We got one. There is pieces of the puzzle there, you know. There's pieces there. We don't have to. We didn't have to blow up the whole machine. But we're doing, you know, hopefully we're improving. You know, we didn't have to blow up the home machine. As I said, we got Gruden. We got some things in place. Got a quarterback. um, We switched general managers, obviously, and we got an owner, and we got a new homecoming. You know, the Raiders, as a fan, I think are still trending upwards, even though we had a subpar year last year and the one before. There's still things in place. We're not an expansion team. But just let it run itself. I believe John Cruden was the head coach many, many years ago, and he was a successful one. He has a Super Bowl, you know. Um, The players know how to play. It's not like we we have players that have never played together, you know. It's just pull back. Don't take it so serious, you know. At the end of the day... We're all going to sit there and watch on Sunday and see what happens, and hopefully it happens they come out in a victory and we can be happy if not, then I pretty much know the answer to that it sucks. Uh, but anyways, the Raiders are still a ways away although the season got announced and I'm going to end up going to watching a Thursday night game as soon as I can afford it. I'm going to see them on a Thursday night. Bada bing bada boom. That's what I got. Um, on books. Um, but moving on from sports, I want to talk a little bit about um some Netflix uh, series that I've been watching. I watched the Chilling Adve- uh Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part Duh. I've watched Baki season two. I've watched Queen of the South, Season 3. What else have I watched? Man, um, I'm currently watching uh, Kakeguri. I think that's how you say it. Uh, With Yumeko Jabami. Uh, Yumeko Jabami. Yumeko-chan. Yumeko-san. Jabami-san. Yeah. I'm currently... I'm almost done with it, actually. I'm, like, at episode 7 or 8 of 13. Um But, yeah. The chilling, the chilling Adventures of Sabrina... Season 2 was a fuck. Was a lot better than Season 1. And there is so much room. And so much... Goodness. That they can... I think Season 1, for me, was, like, the introduction. Even though I liked it. Um... I felt that in in season one, like it took them a while to get established what was happening. And at the end, like the last two or three episodes, I was like, damn it, they were on a roll, and then the season ended. <sighs> season two picks up right in the thick of things of season one and it's got all the satanic panic imagery like right out the gate. Like it's fucking that good. Uh, the love story is there, you know, they do go a little heavy left-leaning on subjects, you know, there's a, a trans man portrayed in the, in the series, or in the season, uh, which is, I think Theo is the name they give him, um, I'm actually... Not 100% sure of that. It could be Theo. Not exactly. I don't really remember. Because I watched it about a month ago now. Maybe. No, maybe three weeks ago. But anyways, Theo. Roz goes blind. And then... Does she get her vision? Yeah, I think she gets her vision back a little bit. Uh, Sabrina goes full-fledged like the right hand of Satan. Which was great. Nick is her lover, but he's kind of weird uh they introduced werewolves into it, which was kind of dope for like two episodes uh Lilith is betrayed by Satan and then she in turn betrays him, which is fantastic uh I love the little the I like the old imagery that they had for each other when they were first cast out of heaven oh there's there's just a lot of good shit going on in In season two. uh, Father Blackwood is. Some fucking tattooed. Old school. Cleaned up. Man I don't even know. Father Blackwood is a fucking G. And then he tried. And then he tried sending. uh, The church of night. To the fucking. Stone age. He was going to have the women do literally nothing. And he was going to. The be the be all and all. I don't know. He was going he had some crazy shit. The smoking man that was in the X Files, I don't know if you guys know the smoking man who was in the series uh as I forgot what the title they give him, The Pope of Dark or some bullshit. Or the Anti Pope. That's what they call him, the anti Pope. Uh he's introduced, which was kind of cool. Um There's all kinds of fuckery in uh the cousin uh who you think is gay in season 1 turns out he's he's pansexual which i think is great cuz he's like fucking everybody at one point he've actually had sex with blackwood's uh daughter um, like very and I was like, What the fuck? I thought this guy was gay. And he was like, Well, no, you don't know shit. It was actually really good. There's a had a lot of subjects that are not talked about Um in society right now. It was just like in the the series. The episodes where they had the fortune teller read them shit was good. Uh the way it ended, they defeat Sane. They lock him up. Lilith takes him back. In Nick's body, is gonna expel him into hell. Um, they get into a little bit more story of Sabrina's father and mother. What happened to them? Uh, I think actually Satan down the plane, killing them both. I don't. There's a. There's a lot. I I thoroughly love and I haven't watched it for like three reasons. I still remember because I was like highly entertained by what was happening. And it just, it just comes to be that Sabrina is now, she's got Satan powers. And there's like nothing nobody can do to stop her. She's fully, fully, like magical as fuck. That's all I can say. Like whatever power that she has, I think it's magic. Is what they use. Uh, she can summon shit. She can do all kinds of shit. She can bring people back from the dead. Uh literally anything. Now obviously, you know, there's a code to it all, but Yeah, they give her they give her some powers and she was about ready to take flight before they stopped her on a witch's broom, but either way, I thoroughly love that. Um I can't wait for... Um, hopefully, they're coming out with a season three. Hopefully, sometime in the near future. Um, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for it. Uh, moving on from that, Baki season two was really good. Um, Baki... Actually, where I'm at the end of season two, Baki is, like, on his deathbed. But he's going to fight in a tournament with Muhammad Ali Jr.'s kid... He's gonna fight with his father. Uh, there's a ton of them, you know. Baki gets his powers unleashed after he bones his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, but he was already strong before that, you know. It, it, yeah, the the Baki season two is good. I can't think of all the people's names, but it's really good. I mean, I give it. I give. Baki Season 2 was way better than Season 1. I, like, ran through Season 2 because it was that good. Um, you know, the different fightings. The guy that poisoned him, uh, is actually a a biatch, but the karate fighters end up fucking up too. They end up fucking up, uh, I can't think of that guy's name either. And he, he wouldn't quit, and they kept fucking him up more. Um... He ends, up, he ends up going blank. So somebody shanks his one eye, and then the poison guy hits him in the other eye. And I don't know if he's going to get his either eye back. But, you know, it was kind of dope. Muhammad Ali showed up in Baki, and Muhammad Ali Jr. is now like... They're, he's gonna fight in a tournament. That's just fucking crazy. I I did not see that coming. I was like, what the hell. Uh, but yeah, watch Baki season two. Um, Queen of the South. I don't know if I did a review of Queen of the South or not, but Queen of the South season three, uh, was. It was good, man. It was good. Uh, Camilla is officially done. Uh is it season Yeah, I think it's season three is what I watched. I think season four is coming up soon. But Camilla is done. Camilla, uh she got fucked over by the general. Um I can't think of the general's name. I think his name is General Salazar or some bullshit. Um He fucked her up. She had him kidnapped her daughter's fiance, which was the rival gang's um, the rival gang's only son, and then the fucking general kills him. And I know I'm missing a lot, but the general did that. Uh the general fucked up yo, know, King George's uh right hand man too. Uh he drilled something in his head and made him like a fucking mute. Uh he fucked up that guy. Uh, the DEA in, in James, uh, were in cahoots the whole time, which I didn't get. But don't why don't know why James took that route. Whatever, he ends up killing off El Santo down in the jungle. Uh, well, I don't know if he killed him off or just fucked up his whole operation to the point of no, of no um, he couldn't recover. Which forced, you know, Teresita to go and make some sort of a connection with the Colombians. And the Colombians didn't even want her. They wanted Camila, but they, I don't know. The way it all played out, Teresita won. Camila lost. Camila had a fucking, was going to get killed by Teresita at the last, but Teresita let her go. Um... And she effectively took over everything. Now she's the big boss. Like, Pote, uh, Pote's a G. The general actually got hacked up by King George. And, what is the fucking other guy's name? Damn it, I don't have all this info off on me. It's, you know, I need a laptop to be doing this shit. Um, but it's the other gang that was down there. I can't think of the the guy's name. He ended up killing his own fucking brother in the season ago, or his own dad, or something a season ago. Um, that guy, his kid got killed, and then they ended up chainsawing the fucking general. Actually, they don't show it. I was talking to somebody about this. It's possible that they just hacked off the general's limb. They don't say specifically. Although they make it seem like... Because they can't show it on regular TV. They make it seem as if they hacked him up... And he died. But they could have just hacked off his legs... Or hacked off an arm or two... And left him like that. It's possible. I can't think of a... a, Even though death... Freaks most people out... If you were to say, hey... Fucking cut this guy's leg off... Cut both of his arms off... But leave him alive... You know, to live like that, I mean, that's some fucked up shit too. That's some shit that you don't, you just can't, you know, you can't feed yourself. You can't take a shower. You can't really shit. You can't go pee when you need to. I mean, yeah, if you were to say you just leave somebody as a a flesh dump, yeah, that's kind of fucked. They could have done that. They, the general could just be there as a flesh thumb. You know, we don't know this. But I think he's dead. Um, Camilla and the daughter. No, the daughter is now going to be either in Texas or Arizona. And Camilla is now forever done, allegedly. They don't really say yet. But, hey, I give Queen of the South definitely, um,. Like two thumbs up. That shit was hard. That shit was banging. Um, I'm actually started watching The Handmaid's Tale season three. Uh, so far it's sort of slow as well. And I kind of felt that that was gonna happen because you know at the end of season two, shit started going fast, and the escape the escape was underway. But. Of Fred ended up, or June ended up, you know, not leaving. She gave the baby to uh, Of Mary or whatever that girl's name is. And they fled to Canada and she found her way to June's husband and the other girl who are taking care of the baby now. But the story is going kind of slow. And where I'm at is June and Serena are now like wanting to overthrow all of fucking what is the name of the fur- the fucking town um I don't remember their name of their country that they have, but it's they're trying they're thinking about overthrowing it. At least that's what they make it seem. Like they're gonna try to overthrow the fucking whole country, but I don't think that's gonna happen. There's a lot of stuff that would have to go. I mean, it's an it's an almost insurmountable amount. First, they're not gonna get enough women help. I don't believe because some women actually in the colonies and in the, some of the Hamans and some of the other they actually like the lifestyle. That is being portrayed. Um, the commanders are pretty unanimous in liking the lifestyle. Um, and then they have no weapon. They have nothing. Like there's, there's just so much. The task is so overwhelmingly big. It doesn't make no sense. Gilead is the name of the fucking town. Gilead. And I'm, that's it, that name. Just sounds fucking. On some bullshit. Uh but yeah, June is trying to overthrow Gilead with the help of Serena. That's what it makes these at least they make it seem like. And I don't I don't think they're gonna achieve it. They're not even gonna get close. Um I think that's gonna end up leading in the death of one of them too. If not both. Um I can't really see shit without June being in it or Serena, but if one of them probably going to end up getting cut by the end of the season, getting caught and executed Uh, for writing purposes. I mean, I'm going to assume that they're not going to cut off of June because or June, because she's got to be alive for her daughter. But in a cruel twist of fate, maybe Serena will take over the daughter. And then end up taking over Gilea. It's, po- it's a possibility. Um But we don't know how it's gonna shake out. That's how I would do it. Uh what else? Yeah, that's I'm in I'm in Oh, uh Kakeguri season two, like I said, I started that. Uh I'm a little bit more than halfway through. Yumiko is whoever designed the character for Yumiko is a certified. Psycho. Like, she's completely... You know, she reminds me of Black Widow when Tony Stark first meets Black Widow. And he's like, I can't get a good read on her. You can't get a good read on Yumiko. Yumiko is like... It's... Whoever is... Whoever designed her character and the way it's done in the anime i mean it's it's really good the writing is really good too i mean that i'm a fan of like plot twists and you know heel turns and all of that sort of stuff and it seems like every episode there is a plot twist beyond a plot twist and a third angle that you're not seeing and it's so it's not repetitive it's good. Like I don't know. I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, I hopefully I'll get done with that soon. Um, let me see what else. I should, I've been watching a shitload of uh, a shitload of Netflix. I haven't been to any cause I've been busy with work. Um, I've been actually hanging out a lot on fucking Twitter. Oh, I picked up. Let me tell you guys this. I repicked up Clash of Clans. Uh and Pokémon Go is still there. I've been my time has been z- zorped and zapped and w- warped into Clash of Clans. I don't know if you guys play Clash of Clans, but I played Clash of Clans about 4 or 5 years ago back when I probably first got my uh iPhone. And playing Clash of Clans then, and I was like, I played Clash of Clans and I got to the town hall I'm at now, town hall 9. And I was upgraded, I almost had everything upgraded. Now there was things I didn't like about the game back then, that they have since fixed. Like I said, I got to town hall 9, Uh, I have all black walls with the little skull on top. Not the black walls with the flame coming out of it, but with the skull. Uh that's past the purple that's past the dark purple and that's to the black. Um I got there and at that point unless I sat on my phone and actively played it like all day, I was get rated and lose four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, and people were only targeting my goddamn collectors in my minds, And they would jack me that much. And I couldn't get the 2 or $3 million, whatever it costed, to upgrade anything. It would piss me off. And at that point, the only thing you could do was buy a shield or hope somebody would be merciful enough to give you a shield. It would not be uncommon to lose like a million loot in one day. Which would be irritating when everything costed five or six million. Uh but eventually I stopped playing. Pokemon Go came up. I played it. Uh I hadn't I haven't logged in to Clash of Clans in well over since before Pokemon Go came out. Uh I hadn't played Clash of Clans since before that. But I had the game on my phone, just like I have uh, Minecraft on my phone as well as I have Ninja Striker. I have games on my phone that uh Tomb of the, Tomb of the Mask. I have uh. I don't know what other mobile games are. I have. A few. There's a few other ones I'm missing. Um. On my phone that I just play randomly. Um, I actually had the port to Mega Man I think for a little bit but I don't know I think it deleted it Um, I think I still have Angry Birds on my phone too I haven't played that in a long while either but I jumped back onto Clash of Clans um, had a couple of friends and stuff playing it or actually Twitter folk that were playing it and I was like well let me jump back on I didn't know first I didn't know if I could cause I had been like I said I had been years and I was about ready to delete the app off my phone too, because I was like, well, I don't really even do it. And it's got that stupid one by that won't erase off of the thing. So I logged I couldn't log on. But they were like, oh, it goes through. It goes through your um, your game center. Log into your game center and all. Well, actually, like like I said, I deleted it off my. Well, I. I tried logging in, and it wouldn't let me log in. <laughs> so my town hall was like level one. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do all that. It took me like a year and a half or two playing before I could even get to town hall level nine. And I'm not doing all that again. Not, like, no way. So what ended up happening was I was. they were like, oh, well, you can sign in on your game center. Everything will pop back. So I tried it. And I tried all the passwords, And finally I was able to get in. After I had signed in. And I'm still at Town Hall 9. But the game has undergone massive changes. There's um, the clan games. There's now a builder base. Uh, a second base across the ocean. Which I'm builder hall number 4. Level 4 now. About to be level 5. Um they've added new characters a bowler there's a miner there's a ice golem there's an electro dragon there is more levels to the grand to the king and queen archers or the king barbarian and the queen archer there's siege machines there's daily loot challenges that you can do now to get rewards uh, the f- battle system is now better because now if somebody comes in even 50%, you get like a 16-hour shield. Also, they prevent people now from playing the game all day and staying on it and never long enough, avoiding a raid. They're going to get raided at some point. The builder base uh, player versus player setup is a lot better than the main base. Well, actually, I like it because it's a lot less clutter a little bit more difficult but a lot less clutter nonetheless um the challenges in the social i mean the the game has changed a lot and i'm actually enjoying playing it you know because i play stuff on my phone anyways i was playing pokemon go i don't have time to play stationary games on like a playstation or whatever but clash of clans has been there i just hadn't played it didn't know anybody that played it don't know anybody that Else that does play it other than the person or two I'm playing it with. But here I am playing it again. Um, I've now I got my Pekka's up. I got my Wizards maxed out currently at number nine. I'm upgrading some dragons right now. Um, I've been baby dragoning the fuck out of the Builder Hall people. I rock with two sets of Archers. Sneaky Archers level eight. And I rock with two sets of level 8 Baby Dragons for Biller Hall 4. And I'm just fucking up Towns left and right. I usually get two stars now. And I, you know, two stars and at least 50-60%. If not 100%. I've been 100%ing some people lately. And I'm like thoroughly like impressed with that. I'm just... The baby dragons go into tantrum and do one hundred times damage, and they fly. So there's only a couple of archer towers and a couple of firecrackers you got to worry about. But sometimes you can knock those out immediately if the people's bases suck. Um, and you just dominate. You just dominate. That's how I'm doing. I'm dominating it right now. Um, I'm actually figuring out how to. Uh. On my main base, on your home village, how to fuck up other people's whole lives, man. I've been. I got my first 100% zero pop, you know, the other day, and I was like, yo, I finally know what it is I'm looking for. Uh, My squad right now is two Pekka's, two Dragons, 15 Wizards, two Angels. Five Balloon Bombers, five Wall Breakers, in an Archer or two, or uh, if I don't do five, bom- five Bombers uh, or Wall Breakers, I'll do um, a Witch. Or, yeah, a Witch, and then I have uh, two Haste Spells, two Healing Spells, and then the Dark Haste Spell. And that's what I'm rocking with, and what I do is the double cannon on the the main base I locate it I locate that double cannon because that motherfucker is powerful and i'll or and and if I'm lucky, the double cannon is near a set of air defenses, so what I do is I send the balloons to target. The double cannon or the air defenses and I'll throw down a healing spell so that way they last long enough to destroy a little quadrant of defenses. Sometimes the double cannon is next to an archer tower or wizard tower which is just as good uh, because those target the air as well. But once that's done, I drop the two P.E.K.K.A.s and I let them get close to the wall and then I'll drop the wall breakers. And the wall breakers will bust a hole in the wall. If I don't it it maybe if I do if there's a double cannon or an archer tower, I'll just wait till that's destroyed, throw down real quick the wall breakers and there's a hole. After that I drop the pekas, and I'll drop the two dragons and I'll haste spell them into the base to just wreck and they'll go berserk because they got a lot of life. Followed up behind them, I drop all the wizards and I let them in and I let and then I throw a healing spell so they don't die right away once they're in and you got 15 Wizards, 2 peckers, and 2 Dragons. Just absolutely hammering everything. Uh You throw down a haste spell or another healing spell. And then I'll throw down my King and Queen behind them. With the Angel. With the two Angels behind them. And they're on cleanup duty. Uh they're on clean duty and I'll just I'll throw that other that last dark spell. I'll throw it on top of whoever's in in the way. And usually I've been getting about 70, 80 percent, 90% on a lot of battles using that method. I kind of put everybody inside the walls and the king and queen on clean up duty behind them because the fairies will heal them and they're not taking damage up front. And they last a long time. So, and I throw the wish. Sometimes the wish, those little skeletons spawn up, uh, and they just they attack a lot of shit, man. They jump over walls too, those little skeletons, or is there, I don't know if they jump over the walls or they break walls too, but that's my strategy, and so far it's been doing well. I do tinker with it a little bit. Sometimes I don't take two pekkas. Sometimes I'll take a golem, a Pekka, and a dragon, and like 20 wizards. Because the golems have a hell of life, and they just seemingly, the arrows are ineffective against them. Which, in the arrows, what I mean the dark bows, or the uh, the bows are just ineffective against both the Pekka and the golems. They're just not powerful enough to knock them out. In the Teslas, the Teslas don't got enough life if all the wizards hit a Tesla, it's over. If my 15 wizards end up being like seven wizards at the end, it's over. With one blast, they shoot things with one blast and it's over. The Pekas hit things with one hit and it's over. Uh, the golems, they're just there and the king and queen are there for cleanup purposes. Uh, sometimes I bury all the way into the center of the village and I'm like, dog, all they got left is like Two archer towers and a motor, like and my wizard is just or my fairies are just healing everybody. Like there's nothing they can do anymore. There's nothing they can do. I use I guess that's called the funnel method, but I don't think it's a funnel. I get everybody inside because you want to pick up, you want to hit their house and their clan castle right away. You know their, you know their their town hall and the clan castle. Once the, once those are done, it's like. That's they're done that you once you've knocked that out, like the the core of everything, once you knock the core out, the outskirts stuff is usually easy. What you don't want to do is it has happened to me a time or two or three, you know, before I perfected the technique. The troops end up walking around outside because they didn't make it in for whatever reason. And the groups get split up in two and then they're they're easy picking out because you don't have enough force to drive in. And, and they get, like, slowed up. And then the forces on outside are getting shot at without making any headway in either. Sometimes that happens if the hole's not big enough or for whatever reason the goddamn peck has decided to walk sideways instead of walking into the giant gaping hole that you crave for them. Um, but if everybody gets inside and it goes, like I said, it goes according to plan, my, sh- my motherfuckers just fucking... By the time I had to throw down the last haste spell, the last healing spell, I'm already at the town hall. And I'm that's the core of anybody's village is the most well. But after that, there's nothing they're going to do to stop the fool on like a night. Sometimes I run out. What happens, I run out of time. I don't get the full 100% because you just run the fuck out of time. Uh, that's happened to me like four or five times. I'm like, I'll be like at like. I actually had a 99%. And I was like, dog, my fucking P.E.K.K.A. is right at the black wall with like five seconds to go. And he destroys the wall and then it's, it says zero. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. But you know what? I, I'm actually enjoying Clash of Clans right now. Maybe when I upgrade to the next town hall, maybe I'll be like, oh, this shit sucks. Cause I have to, re- I'd have to redo my whole village, man. My village right now is a fucking mess. And if they're going to have to add in all kinds of other items to it, it's just going to be even more of a mess. Anyways, guys, that's it. That's the episode for today. Um, Next week, I don't, I'm still trying to get some guests on here, so it's not just me. Uh, We'll see how it goes. But either way, I'll let you guys know. Uh, Hit me up, you know. If you hear this and you want to be on a podcast, just shoot the shit. Just let me know. Uh, message me here or message me wherever the fuck else you find me at. Message me. Um, I got nothing better to do. Episodes like once a week, once in a while. All right, you guys, I'm out. Laters.